So here we are in our last sermon series of our generosity uh, study in Generous Christmas. And so in this Generous Christmas, we want to uh, share uh, with, with one another. We want to find out, okay, what is the heart of generosity? What does God uh, think about generosity? What is he trying to tell us about his generous heart? Because as we, have, as we have looked, even back in week one, we saw that God was, he proved himself to be a generous God because he saw the issue. He saw the problem in the world. He saw the need in the world. And the need in the world was that we needed a savior. We, need, we needed peace in our life from our sin. We needed something in our life to fulfill and to fill up the, the gap in our life, something is missing. I don't know about you, but if you've ever been in a place in your life, and I have, where you just kind of go through life without purpose, without meaning, and you, you find yourself wanting something that you cannot fill anywhere else except for God and God alone. And so we even have the answers. Even with the answers that we have, we we want to try to fill it with other things in this world. But, but imagine the people in this world who do not know the truth, who do not know Christ as Savior. If they do not know Christ as Savior, and if they are trying to fill it with the things of this world, they don't have the answer. God says, I can provide the answer. So his heart of generosity was this. There is a need with the people that I love and the people that I have created. And so what I wanna do is I want to provide a means to provide an answer. And so through his act of love and through leadership, um, he made a change in this world, brought his son Jesus. So he showed generosity uh, uh, in, in the fullness with uh, his son, Jesus. So in our first week, we looked at a generous God. In week two, we looked at a generous father. So we looked at the, the life of Joseph and how Joseph, who didn't have many, um, many lines at all in the Bible. In fact, in the Bible, there's no uh, recorded um, language, no conversations from Joseph. And so Joseph proved he was a generous father just by his actions. And so if we look at Joseph, his world was rocked and turned upside down with the announcement that his, that his fiance was pregnant uh, from someone not of himself. And so he was really confused. You know, Joseph being a carpenter, he was a planner. He drew things out, he measured things. And so with his life being wanting to, to be planned out a certain way, Everything was going good until one day it just crashed and fell apart. So how did Joseph respond to that? We found that he responded in kindness, didn't expose Mary to shame. Uh, he, he also responded in trust. He trusted the angel's words in a dream. He also responded with honor, with not consummating the marriage until she was given, gave birth to Jesus. And so he responded with kindness, with trust, and with honor. And so what that shows us is this. When our world is turned upside down with, with things that are go unplanned, and they happen all the time. 
You and I, we try to plan things. We try to plan things relationally. We try to plan things financially. And sometimes things just don't work out as planned. And so how we respond to that shows our heart of generosity. When we get to the point to where we don't make it about ourselves, it's not just about us. And that's what Joseph uh, did. He made sure that it wasn't about himself. So if you lose a job or if you lose your starting position on, the, on a football team, basketball team, softball, volleyball, whatever, or if you lose a client at work, you know, you're going to want to respond in a way that's not too generous. But take it from Joseph in this first Christmas story, how he responded with the heart of generosity. Last week, we talked about the generous shepherds. I, I loved how the generous shepherds, these shepherds were out in the field and, and they were on a job. I mean, they were the night shift. And these shepherds were blindsided by this angel and then a host of, of, of angels singing and praising God, glory to God in the highest, and sharing with the shepherds, look, there is a savior born in Bethlehem. He's in a stable, he's in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes. And so the shepherds left their job, could have been fired for that, or could have lost some sheep for that, but instead they let go of their security, of their job, and of their sheep, and they said, you know what, we're going to find out where this Christ child is. And so what that teaches us is this, sometimes we rely upon our own abilities and the securities that surround us, the securities of our job. You know, we can, we can be generous. I, I, I'm generous because of what I make. I'm generous because of who I am or what I do. And when we're to the point to where, you know what, it, it's not just about you know, our job or what we can do, it's, it's a, our heart. And so when we could say, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna rely upon just my abilities, I'm going to find Christ and find where he's working around me and seeing what he wants to do. You know, sometimes people, they search and they search for ways to be generous because let's, let's all face it, we all want to be generous in this life. We all want to be generous and it's not just about giving money, it's about giving time. It's about giving attention. It's about giving love. It's about giving advice. Whatever that is, your generosity. We're all looking for ways that we can be generous in this life. And so people, they look for those things. But what God said, okay, look, just, just settle down and watch for me. Watch to see where I am working and I will show you. And then I want you to search after I show you what I'm doing, I want you to search for the best way you can be generous. And that's what the shepherds did. You know, the angels, they did not say, okay, the, the, this Christ child is on this street at this address, so I need you to go right there. No, they had to search for Jesus. So I can just imagine in Bethlehem knocking on many, many doors and, hey, do you by chance have a baby in your barn in a manger? Uh, I mean, that's kind of a, a, a unique thing to ask. I mean, probably not many babies are lying in a, in a feeding trough in, in a barn in Bethlehem. And so, but it, it wasn't like they went to the first place. We don't get indication of that. 
And so just like a shepherd who searches for the lost sheep, they were searching for Jesus. And so what that shows us is this, they laid down their pride. Their pride of saying, you know, I wanna find Jesus so much that I don't care what people think when I knock on their door and ask them if there's a baby in their barn. And sometimes we don't, we're not as generous as we want to be because pride steps in. Because of pride, we, we're concerned about what people think, what people may think of us. And some people, if we, if we do the reverse, the reverse is we don't want to receive generosity because of pride, because of pride. And so the shepherd showed us, look, you're, you're, don't rely upon your own abilities, don't rely on your own securities, rely upon me, and then let go of your pride. Let go of your pride. And so the shepherd showed us that's how you could be generous, not just at Christmas, but in beyond. And as we close out today, we're gonna to talk about some, some gentlemen that we know as the wise men. And so the wise men, as you are familiar with the story, they came from far away. The Bible says they came from the far east and they traveled many, many miles. Um, some biblical scholars say about a thousand, over a thousand miles they traveled with camel on uh, on camel or on foot, and so they traveled that great distance. And so, as we talk about the uh, the wise men, we're going to uh, understand how they were generous. Now, it's easy to say that the wise men were probably the most generous of all the characters in the Christmas story, and the reason why is because we know that they gave gifts: gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and. And it's so easy to think, oh, there were just three wise men because there were three gifts. We don't know, there could have been three wise men, there could have been 30 wise men, we don't know. We do know that there were three, at least three gifts given to Christ. Um, and so it's easy to see how the wise men are generous, but here's what I want to do. I wanna take what the wise men experience and I want us to put it into our life. How, when we read this story, when we look at this, how can we relate it to our life? And you're probably very, very familiar uh, with this passage in scripture as we look at Matthew chapter two. And if you have your copy of God's word, I would encourage you to turn to that as we read the first uh, 12, uh, 12 verses in Matthew chapter two. Uh, if you don't have your copy of God's Word, we have it on the screen, and so we'd love for you to take uh, your attention to that. But in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, let's read this over, and then I've got some things I want to pick apart, and things that you and I can learn about generosity. So let's dive into it. Verse 1, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Verse seven, when then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. 
he sent them to Bethlehem, which is sort of a suburb of Jerusalem, and said, go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had, been, they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed, which means maybe the star wasn't, maybe it wasn't visible at a time. They were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented gifts of gold, uh, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So what can we learn about generosity here? If we want to truly be generous people, not just at Christmas, if we want to be generous people, generous not just with our, with our, with our, our, our treasure, our, our funds, but generous with our time, our abilities, our, our talent, um, generous with, with the love that we have that we need to share with others, so how can we be generous? What do we see this from the three wise men or possibly more wise men? So what we can learn is this. The wise men were stargazers. They looked up at the night sky. They studied the stars. Not only did they study the stars, they studied lots of readings and writings. They studied scripture. Uh, they actually had copies of scriptures from, from Daniel when when the, the wise men who came from the area of Persia, from the Persian uh, empire, if you remember, the Israelites were exiled in that part of, part of the region of, of the land. And so the wise men, which Daniel was part of the wise men there, the prophet Daniel, he had access and he brought, they brought with them the writings of the prophets, Isaiah and, and, and others. And so as he was able to uh, bring that, they, they made copies of those, of those ancient texts. And then they also had copies of what Daniel wrote, which he had prophecies. And so if they put all of this together and they're looking at the sky and they're looking at the stars and they're seeing all this stuff and then all of a sudden they notice one star that is different. In fact, one star that has appeared it's a new star, and it's burning brighter than the others. Now, most people would probably recognize that. Most people would say, oh, look, it's a new star. That's pretty cool. And they'd be on their way. But the wise men, they were watching for something. They were expecting something. They were always waiting for something that could come into their life and, 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 and cause them to study it even more. That's why they're wise men. They would study, they would read, they would look, they would explore, they would discover. And so what we can learn is this. Just like the wise men, we need to observe our surroundings. You need to observe your surroundings. If you want to be generous, you need to watch for it. You need to watch for it. You need to be aware. Just like the wise men were watching and they notice, hey, there's something different. Because God will put situations in your life, God will put people in your life for you to be generous. You know, I wonder, I wonder how many things we have missed, just opportunities that God has placed in front of us to be generous, and we've missed it because we've been distracted. 
I mean, and I'm not talking to just you. I'm talking to me. I mean, how many of us, I wonder how many things we have missed because we have been distracted by things. And so God is telling us through this story of the wise men, look, observe your surroundings. Observe your surroundings and look for opportunities for God to be generous. Just like in the, in the study, The Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. If you have never done that study, I highly recommend it. And if you, want to, uh, if you don't uh, have the means to get that, you let me know because we will provide that for you. But Experiencing God is a great study. And one of the main things they teach uh, in that study is you need to watch for ways that God is working and then join him in that work. Join him in that work. Because God is showing you, whether you realize it or not, God is showing you ways that he wants you to get plugged into his life, into what he's doing in this world. And so, just like the wise men, you need to observe your surroundings. Watch and see where he is working. And then join him on that work. So observe your surroundings. The next thing we, uh, that, that I learned as, as I'm looking at this story is we need to leave the familiar, or we need, we need to leave that which is comfortable to us. You know, the wise men uh, probably lived very near the, the palace of the king or maybe even in the palace. You know, as we read the book of Daniel, a lot of times they were right there with the king because the king needed these advisors around him. And so I would imagine they had great access to, I mean, nice room and board and you know, probably buffet meals, you know, and things done for them. And, and I would imagine that they were taken very good care of by the king. But they felt like this is such an opportunity for them that they needed to leave that which is familiar. They needed to leave that which is comfortable. And so if you and I want to be generous in our life, we've got to be able to leave that which is familiar, or that which is comfortable in order to join God into what he wants us to do. You know, what, for instance, if God is saying, look, I want you to downsize, and I want you to use the funds to help others, or I want you to sell all you have, and, and I want you to go overseas, and I want you to share the gospel, we have people right here in Bartow County who are, are spread out across the globe who are sharing the gospel message, even in countries where they're not supposed to. And so how awesome it was for them because what they did is they left their surroundings. They left their comfortable lifestyle. I mean, to go to a place where there's no Chick-fil-A, I can't even imagine that. You know? And so these, these folks have given up so much, and God is telling, and I'm not saying that God may be telling all of you to go to foreign missions, but I do think God is saying, look, if you just wake up, if you just listen, if you just observe, if you see where I'm working, join me in that work, and then you're gonna need to leave something that's familiar to you. Okay? You're going to need to leave a comfortable, some sort of this area in your life that's real comfortable. You're, you're probably going to need to give that up a little bit. And that's fine. You know, in, on January 14th, and you're going to be hearing even more about this. On January 14th, here at Lake Point Church, 
we are launching, it's called the One Campaign. And the One Campaign is all about one. We are one church with one mission to reach as many people as we can, one chair at a time. And so this one campaign is the opportunity for us to look at ways and to pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to do to help us get the property that you've called us to get? As, you, as some of you may know, we've got 20 acres that we've entered into contract with, with here, right here in Emerson. We're very excited about it. We're also very scared about it. It's big. Uh, it, it's a big project. But we know that God has spoken to us. And I've shared that on numerous occasions. But I do know this. I do know what's coming. And that's coming for me. And it's coming to you as well. And it's going to be different for everybody. I want you to make sure you understand that. Just like there were different gifts from the wise men, there's going to be different uh, there's going to be different sacrifices that God, God is going to ask you to make. But I do know this. God is going to say, hmm, your daily trip to Starbucks, which I love Starbucks. It could be this. Your daily trip to Starbucks, you're, you're familiar, you're comfortable. You know, why don't you give that up for a little bit? And whatever you spend on that, why don't you give to help have a future location for there to be a church here to reach the community, and to do great and powerful things in my name. And that's just one example. That's just one example. He could be saying, you know, why don't you wait to just, why don't you wait to, ins- to install this pool? Maybe, maybe do that later, you know, or, or whatever it is. I mean, whatever God wants to tell you, I do know this, there, there's going to be sacrifice that's coming. It's coming for me, and it's coming for you, for those who Participate, And we, I, it is my prayer that 100% of all of our church participates in some sort of way. And again, it's going to be different for everybody. But I do know there's going to be some sacrifice for that. And it's okay. Because guess what? God has spoken. God is working. We looked. And God has shown us, look, you're going to move and you're going to have a location over there. And as we have observed God working and we're joining him on that work, there's going to be some sacrifice involved in that. So just like the wise men, they left their comfortable life. They left that and they found Christ. Now it took a while, they had to be patient, but they they had to leave their comfortable life. So they observed their surroundings We need to leave the familiar, the comfortable, and we also need to sort of face the dangers in this. You know, the the wise men, as they traveled, uh, many people, scholars believe it took several months, even up to a couple of years. However long it took, we do know this, that it it was a little bit dangerous to travel all that way. Now, we don't know what kind of a party they had. I would imagine for the King Herod of Jerusalem to call all the advisors and all of Jerusalem, they, they heard about this. I would imagine it probably just wasn't three guys walking into town saying, hey, where, where's this kid that's gonna be born? It, it was probably a large group. It was probably a large caravan. But whether it was a small group or a big group, we do know this. Whenever you travel that kind of distance, it's going to be a little bit dangerous. You're going to be exposed. You're going to be exposed uh, to things out there, whether it be the, the land, the, uh, the environment, 
the terrain, the animals, uh, bandits, whatever it is, they were exposed to that. And they knew, look, we don't know where this is going to end up going, taking us. But we know this, we are supposed to go. We are supposed to follow the star. And so with their gifts in hand, and, and, and I love the fact that they, they brought their gifts from them and they, and, they, and they held it and they put it in safekeeping on this entire journey. And so what, what God is telling us is this, look, you might be a little bit exposed, okay? You're, you're, as you are generous in, in whatever God is calling you to be generous about, you're gonna be exposed, your finances will be exposed a little bit. In other words, okay, can I, can I do this? It, it's a matter of trust, it's a matter of faith. Can I do this? Your, your pride is gonna be exposed a little bit. You know, maybe even your, your reputation, okay? As students, you may have a reputation like you're the, you're the, the cool kid in, in school, and God's saying, look, I want you to be generous to that kid who's sitting all by themselves, and I want you to be generous, and I want you to invite them at your table. Or even better yet, I want you to get your tray, and I want you to go and sit next to them. Oh, man, but I have a reputation. I'm putting my reputation on the line. My reputation is going to be exposed. Yeah? God, God will call you to do that. God may call you to do that. And uh, or, or adults, you may have a, a certain family, uh, maybe a certain race or a certain culture, and you want to invite them in, maybe to invite them over to your house at, at Christmas or other times of the year, and you have, uh, you have other people in your family. It's like, I don't think that's a great idea, but you know God's telling you to do this, and you're doing this, and, and, and it's exposing, and it's exposing. There are people in, in here that, who have adopted. We have adopted and so whenever you do that, you've got your, your, your family unit, and, and then anytime you bring anybody into that, it's like, okay, what's going to happen? My family unit is, is, is being exposed. What's going to happen? It's a little dangerous, but God's saying, that's okay. That's okay, because whenever God calls you to a life of generosity, he's going to protect you in that. He's going to protect you on that. God protected the wise men. Obviously, they made it. So we need to observe our surroundings. We need to leave the comfortable and the familiar. And we need to uh, be able to face some dangers in our life. And we also need to do the unthinkable. We need to do the unthinkable. You know, for the wise men to go and to chase after a star, it just didn't make a lot of sense. It didn't make a lot of sense. You know, I can imagine, I don't, maybe the wise men were married. I, we don't know. But let's say if, if the wise men were married. We know they had some sort of family. And so they, when they were out going on their journey and talking about it and packing their bags, I can, ima- I can imagine their, their wives or maybe their moms or, or their brothers and to say, look, what are you doing? You're chasing after this star. What is this going to lead? You're leaving your life. You're, you're leaving us. And, and so I can imagine if we, could, if we could be a fly on the wall and to be able to say and to be able to see the conversation of people trying to talk them out of that. 
people trying to talk the matter of it. You know why? Because it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. And you know what? Many times when God calls us to be generous, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And that's okay. Because last time I checked, his ways are higher than our ways. His ways are higher than our ways. And so if we think of this act of generosity in our feeble little minds, then it doesn't make sense. And you will allow people to talk you out of it if you think of it just within your mind. But if you trust and say, all right, I'm, we are supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do this. Whatever that act of generosity looks like, I know it doesn't make sense, but I'm trusting. I'm trusting. And if you trust in that, God is going to give you the strength not to be talked out of that by others. Not to be talked out of that by others. Because there will be people who will question you. There will be people who question you. You know, it's interesting. The, the people in Jerusalem, when, they, when the wise men went to Jerusalem and, and asked the king, and the king called the, called the teachers and the, of, of the law and, and those who studied scripture, hey, what, what is this thing about a king being born? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it says right here, this, he's supposed to be born in, in, in Bethlehem. Well, that's, that's just, I don't know, 50, 70 miles down the road. You know? I mean, that, that's really not that far. Yeah, just right over here, he, he, there's supposed to be a king being born. Why did they not shut Jerusalem down and all go and see? They didn't. They didn't. Because they're like, why would a king come out of Bethlehem? Why would a king come out of Bethlehem? It's like a king coming out of your Harley. I live in New Harley, so I'm good. But that's like, that didn't make sense. That didn't make sense at all. I mean, if he was, if he was really a king, he's, he, he'd be born right here in the palace. I mean, that's really where kings are. They're supposed to be born right here with royalty, at, with rich people in this palace. That's where the king should be born, not in Bethlehem. Okay, y'all go let us know about it, and we're good. They were distracted by their life, by themselves. And they were distracted by the fact that, look, Jesus, or, or, or this king, whoever this king is, supposed to be born here, in royalty. They couldn't see it. But when God calls you to do something, when God tells you to be generous, he gives that to you, and, he, and it's going to be something that doesn't make sense, and that is okay. And in fact, you might want to ask yourself, if this is a natural, if it makes sense sort of thing, you might want to question, <laughs> God, am I supposed to do this? Because many times, it just doesn't make sense. And if you have people in your life who are trying to talk you out of it, it means you're on the right trail. You're on the right trail. You know, now if you have godly people in your life who speak into your life with wisdom and counsel, and you have several of those people, then you might want to okay evaluate. Okay, what maybe maybe I need to take more maybe I need to have more prayer about this, seek more counsel. But it's just random people in your life, people that maybe don't walk walk with God, and and they don't really hear from Him, and you know if they're trying to talk you out of being generous in your life, 
then you're on the right trail. You're on the right trail. So they, they did the unthinkable and we need to do the same thing. And the next thing, uh, trust the generous process. Trust the generous process. As we read earlier, you know, why did they go to Jerusalem? You know, I, I, we don't know this, but it said in the passage that we just read, they were overjoyed when they saw the star. Oh, look, there it is. There it is. Okay, well, it's leading to this house. You know, I can imagine, you know, maybe the star disappeared a little bit, or maybe it was hidden. You know, maybe cloud coverage, we don't know. But we do know this, they went to Jerusalem instead of going straight to Bethlehem. So what that tells me is this. Sometimes when God calls you to be generous, it calls you, look, I wanna take you on a journey that, a journey of generosity. And there's gonna be times in your life, it's like, okay, Man, God, you spoke really, really, really big at the beginning of all this. Man, I felt like, yeah, we're gonna do this. This is gonna be awesome. And here we are months, maybe a couple of years into this, and it's like, oh, God, I don't, I don't, really, I don't really hear you speak much. I don't really have signs that you're in this. Can I tell you something? If you go out right now and look up at the sky, you can't see stars, but are they there? Yes, they're there. So God is not gonna leave you. He's always gonna be there. When God calls you to a life or journey of generosity, he is going to be there. You may not see him present throughout the whole journey, but trust and know that he is there. When we as a church, and we start this on January 14th, and we have our five-year five celebration on, on uh, February 18th, and we, we go towards getting this property and eventually uh, you know, a building and, and everything, whatever the Lord has for us, there's gonna be times, there's gonna be seasons, it's like, okay, God, uh, are, are we still on the same page here? Yes, I am. Just keep walking, keep steady. Keep searching because God is with you. He's never gonna leave you. He's never for, gonna forsake you. And last but not least, don't make it about you. And we, we, when you're generous, don't make it about you. You know, we don't, we don't even know the names of the wise men. Now there, there are some, some tales and some other writings and stuff that there, there are some, you know, names of some of the wise men, but, it, but, it, but in scripture, right here, in this passage, we, we don't have their names. They didn't really make it about them. It wasn't about them. It was about their gift. And it was about giving it to Jesus. And so when God has you on this journey of generosity, don't make it about you. You know, um, there's lots of great, wonderful, um, generous programs, even right here in Bartow County. And, and I'm, I'm actually on the board of 
of the Barta Collaborative and, and we help do some things in our, in, our, in our county to help give some things to people. Um, and, and obviously, just recently, we participated in Hope for Christmas here at Lake Point Church and helped people. But I could tell you this, I love it when we as a church or we as a, as a community cannot make it about us. Because here, here's, here's the temptation. When you give, you want to give to make you feel really good. And then you make it about yourself. Don't fall into that temptation. Don't fall into that temptation. And, I, and I'm gonna share with you a personal story Whenever we were growing up, we didn't have much money. I was about seven years old. And it was Christmas, Christmas morning. My mom and dad were sitting in the room with me and my brother. And we opened up just a couple of presents. And after a few minutes of opening some presents, mom says, hey, boys, take your gifts back to your bedroom. We've, we've got some guests coming over and they want to give you some presents. And and I understand fully now what it was. I mean, it's probably a local church or, or organization, Toys for Tots or something that came over. I've never seen these people before in my life. And they came out, I think it was like three adults and they came with some toys and, and we unwrapped the gifts. But I, will I, don't, I, remember, I don't remember what they gave me, but I will never forget the look in my mother's eye. My mom, she had a fake smile on her face and her eyes were just hollow and she was speechless. And, and, and I could see her from across the room as, as the other adults were kind of facing me and my brother and I could watch her and I observed and I said, something's not right. She's not really into this. And the other thing that I noticed is this, my dad, who was in the room a few minutes ago, nowhere to be found. Nowhere to be found. He went back to the other, he went back to his room. He did not come out. And the people all laughed and they hugged us and they felt really, really good and they left. And after they left, I went and took those gifts, put them in my closet, and took out the gifts my mom and dad gave me and I played with them the rest of the day. I eventually played with those other gifts. And I, I'm not saying I didn't appreciate that, but I do know this, that my personal experience with that was that our guests, the strangers in my house, felt better about that than we did. They made it about themselves and not about the people that we're receiving the gifts. And I did not want to see that look on my mom's face again. You know, so one thing I love about what we did at Hope for Christmas, and I was adamant about this, said if we're gonna do Hope for Christmas, this is something we have to do. When we give gifts, I wanna give them to the parents and I don't want the kids to know about it. In fact, when the parents bring those gifts home 
and they secretly tell the kids to go inside and, and they give those gifts and, and, then, and then they bring them into the house. I want the parents to be the ones to say, yeah, we got this for you. Because I want to do everything we can to build up the parents, especially the dads. Especially the dads. Because my dad was absent at that meeting. We don't make it about us. We're not going to ever make it about us. When we're building this building and this property, you know, the first thing we're going to put on there, it's not about us. We're putting, we're putting a community garden and we're putting a kid's playground, which doesn't exist, by the way, in Emerson. And we're putting a walking trail. Now, you would think that a church, the first thing we would put out there aren't things, hey, let's go for a walk as a church. No. Why do we do that? Because it's not about us. It's about the people in our community. It's about the people who live right around there and right there in Emerson. It's not about us. And what about the wise men? We don't know hardly anything about them. And what about them? And so don't make it about you when you are generous. So when God's called you in our journey of generosity, we want to make sure that we observe the surroundings. Look for ways God is speaking to you. Watch Him and then join Him. Leave the familiar. Leave the comfortable. Make some sacrifices. Yes, you're going to be exposed. Your reputation or your finances or relationships, whatever that is, there's going to be some dangerous uh, areas that you'll have to face on that. And in this journey of generosity, it's not going to make much sense. Just do the unthinkable. But trust the process. When you're on this journey, trust that everything's going to go good. And, and know that there's going to be times where, where that star is going to, going to flicker and even fade. And you're going to be like, okay, am I on? Am I supposed to be doing this? Am I still supposed to be doing this? Yes, you are. God is just testing your faith. Just like the wise men. And don't make it about you. You know, the ultimate gift, the best gift of all. Obviously, at Christmas is Jesus, who came, left the comfortable throne of heaven. But just imagine that. He left that. He left it. It came down to this earth and said, you know, I love them so much. I'm going to give my life for them. I'm going to save them from their sins. I have a plan. And he never made it about himself. Yes, Jesus is a name above all names, but he came as a humble servant and laid down his life. No one took it. He laid it down and ultimately rose after the third day, rose in victory and defeated death, hell, and the grave. But Jesus didn't make it about himself. So let's follow that pattern as we are generous to make it about ourselves and we want to make sure that Jesus is honored in that so as we close let's just have a time of prayer every head bowed every eye closed you know this is a uh, an important part in our service most important part where we get to have a heart check and maybe you maybe you have a certain journey a generosity journey that God wants you to go on maybe you've seen signs 
and hints that God has put your way that, look, I, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. And you just haven't really obeyed yet. I want you right now, if you know that, if you even just see signs, say, Lord, just show me more. Show me where to begin. Or Lord, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna finally jump in with both feet. So just take a moment. Just have that conversation with God. And if you don't see signs, ask God, God, show me where I can have a heart of generosity.